Good evening and welcome to the Small Council Radio. Tonight, we're going to be talking about part two of what to buy first. We're going to be covering Baratheons, the Night's Watch, and the wonderful Free Folk. What should we start with first, Justin? I think we should start with Baratheons. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. I know a pretty good amount about him. It's my second faction. Uh, also, it does appear that Brett has showed up. So, hello, Brett. Can you hear us? Yo, yeah, I'm here. There uh, he I think Baratheons are a great place to start, though. Perfect. Well, Dude, I'm going to be about that Brett? guy. What you We're say, Brett? Start talking about Baratheons. Mr. Brett, what'd you say? Oh, I was just asking what you said about me. No, no, no. Carry on, by all means. Okay. Take it away, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. Well, I'm just going to be that guy. And since we're talking about what to buy first for Baratheons, what better thing to start with than a Baratheon starter set? Uh, Yeah, I think, I mean, as obvious as it is for most factions, I think Baratheons, uh, I don't want to say more so than others, but Wardens. Wardens are your bread and butter. They are a wonderful five-point battle line unit, and you're getting two of them in the box. So so that's a really great place to start. Plus, I personally think, as much as some people may or may not believe so, that both uh, the Stannis and the Renly Commander in there are really good places to start. They may not be, or they may be the best commanders, but I think they're really straightforward. Um, so they're they're really good commanders to really get used to the Baratheon deck. Plus, I don't believe you get the Baratheon deck in anything besides the starter, so that's obvious. See, that's why they're so good. What do you Are think, you saying Brent? you need cards to play this game? I don't need cards to play this game. Other people apparently do. Well, I mean, it's fair to mention that with the foil pack that they have coming out, it's not mandatory to buy a starter box. Uh, we'll get to it with Night's Watch, but it's, it's actually completely possible and not overly unreasonable to think that a person might buy into a faction without uh, buying the starter box. I don't believe Baratheons are that faction, though, as Justin mentioned. I don't know that I've ever seen a Baratheon list without Wardens. They are such a good five-point unit. You're going to get the two Wardens. Uh, and essentially, the Baratheon's box is unique because it's kind of two factions all in one with the Renly side and the Stannis side. They are kind of polar opposites in how they do damage, what they want to do, and how they play. So definitely, you want to grab a Baratheon starter box to get started. Also, I guess while we're talking about the starter box, uh, if people don't know, what you do get is uh, unit-wise, you get two Wardens, you get a Sentinels, which is their faster, harder-hitting infantry uh, at six points with eight dice and Sundering hitting on threes. And then you get the sweet Stagnites, and I believe I've said it plenty of times on here, but hat maketh man, and Stagnites got the coolest hats. Uh, And as far as other starters go, too, I personally love the aesthetic of everything in this box. Honestly, just the Baratheons in general. Uh, Wardens are some of the coolest looking units uh, and them being like your five point battle line is just, it's so cool. Uh, Their poses are great for all the units in it. Uh, I think they're really fantastic. Be warned, some of the hammers are kind of skinny so they could break. Be careful. It's funny that you mentioned the aesthetics because uh, 
little spoiler for the upcoming guild article. Um, when I wrote the introductory article for Baratheons, it was one of the things that I mentioned. Uh, the Simon sculpts have really just gotten better and better and better as the game has progressed. But uh, Baratheons and Night's Watch, in my opinion, are the most aesthetically pleasing models that you can have. Uh, the Baratheon army is just beautiful. Uh, I wish I liked them a little bit more because I would love to paint the Baratheons. Uh, the Rose Knights, I know we haven't mentioned them yet. Uh, just a lovely model. I would really love to paint them up. Uh, but just just the starter box itself, the Stag Knights are great as well. The Wardens do have fantastic sculpts, and it's just pretty straightforward. They're probably pretty quick, quick and dirty to, to paint as well. So uh, that could be something that might uh, appeal to you. You know, uh, models that are, they have a lot of metal and uh, they should be pretty easy if you just wanted to give it a quick undercoat, uh, dark wash, and a dry brush with some some uh, other silvery or metallic color to give it a kind of a brush metal look and you'd probably be ready to go. Yeah, I think, Chris, you, didn't you, did you paint your Baratheons? I think you did, didn't you? I did paint my Baratheons. And yeah, you painted used... everything, haven't you? I have not done my Relor Faithful yet, but everything else I have. And I did very close to what Brett just described. The yeah, I was going to say that you could vouch for it. base coat works wonders on those guys. I think I've seen, all the Wardens I've seen for any of you guys uh, painting them up have definitely had the metallic base coat and what you, Jose, Dave, um, I think that's pretty much it. I would say me, but let's be honest, my stuff's not painted, just my neutrals. <laughs> um, so that's uh, anything else about the starters, guys? Brett, Chris? No, that's pretty solid for that. You good, Brett? So after this... We're going to assume that's a yes. Carry on. <laughs> so after the starter, I think most people will concur to follow that up with the hero box. But that's, well, these guys are a little bit more special because as opposed to, you know, hero box one and two being for everybody, hero box one and two are obviously separate, one for each of our brothers. So I guess the question, uh, if you're looking to get into them, would be uh, who do you want to play? Uh, and so far with my play group, and generally for most players that I've met, they will choose their commander, not so much based off the play, or their side based off the play style, if they don't take both sides, that is. Um, but instead, I think pretty much everyone I know chooses like who they like the best out of the two, or who they dislike the least, I guess might be the more correct statement uh, for some. Um now, like Brett said too, though they're they're entirely polar opposite. One is focusing mainly on defensive kind of stuff, actually just just purely defensive. Not that they don't hit hard at all, but the other side is uh, reflecting to a degree uh, Lannister's style panic, but in its own unique way, and it hits a lot harder. But unlike Lannisters, they don't really have the defense to hold it up. Not really their shtick. Um, so that's really what you're going to be playing as these two sub-factions. More of a hard-hitting, faster, panic-based army or a very defensive and heel-centric army. Uh, 
for most cases, but there's plenty of commanders and they all do different things. So that's not necessarily the case for everybody. So the hero box would definitely be who you're gonna, what you're going to choose next. You just need to choose uh, if you want both or if you want the Stannis or the Renly side. I think it's interesting what, what I've actually seen, uh, not, not to take anything away from what you said, uh, what I see more often than not is you've got, uh, you've got one of each in a, in a two-list format. The, the guys that I see playing uh, tournaments are often fielding one Stannis side and one Renly side, and that's because that polar opposite play style, like you said, they, they actually complement each other really, really well in that two-list format. So I think for the most part people are building like a, a Renly objective holding, very tanky, very defensive. You have to come punch me at some point, and I'm going to punch you back really, really hard when you do. That type of play style, uh, it seems to work really, really well against most lists. And then you, they, they buy into the Stannis uh, self-sacrifice and just mayhem, death, uh, taking really edge-of-your-seat panic tests the entire game. Uh, it's really interesting, but they complement each other really well. So if you if you pull into a list or against an opponent that has a, a list that you that you think they can probably outmuscle you, then you lean into Stannis and you you do your best to make sure that they've got no muscle coming across the board at you. And what they do bring across the board finally should be weak enough that your glass cannony guys can take a hit and then finish them off. So it's pretty interesting. So I think. I think the answer for me is um, if you can't choose one side, I think a lot of people are probably going to buy into both. And that goes back into that fact that the starter box is, is basically two factions in one. You add the, the hero box one and the hero box two, and now you've even got uh, even more variety in what you can do and a whole lot of differences. And you mix in some of those neutrals that you already bought because everybody loves neutrals. They're going to be the first faction that everybody buys, right, Justin? Every time the world will all be playing pure neutrals, you'll see. And personally, I love to be serious. I love cutthroat in either side, Rinley or Stannis. And Bastards Girls are very, very, very popular in Baratheons. Uh, outside of neutrals, uh, Bastards Girls appear in Baratheons more than any other list. I think a lot of guys are running uh, Bastards Girls with the Red Priestess on the. Stannis side, and they're running Bastard Girls with uh, Brienne the Blue on the Renly side to really, really double down on that punishment when you attack Renly. So very, very popular choices. So you can, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that you, that you want to buy both, if only to try both play styles before you go into buying some of the specialist support boxes. But that's what I would think, uh, Hero Box 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, definitely from a tournament perspective. Uh, if if you're really looking to buckle down in that competitive scene, then you definitely want to complement yourselves with one of each because the slow movement of the Renly side is definitely not going to work against some armies while uh, the, the glass cannon of Stannis may not also work against other armies. So Brett's totally right. Thanks, Brett. Well, just keeping in mind, I'm the, the jerk that, <laughs> that is the fun sucker. Like uh, I play for fun a lot. You and I just played actually a really, really fun game uh, with 
really nothing on the line, just uh, some fun lists and stuff. And I do that from time to time, but uh, I make no secret about the fact that I'm certainly a, uh, a competitive gamer. So that's kind of where my mind goes. And then I need you and Chris to kind of balance me out. Like, yo, Brett, every game, it ain't about, it ain't about win at all costs, Brett. All right. Some people just like to roll dice and have fun and make jokes and drink beers and stuff. And yell at your friends. <laughs> That's what he gets for rolling yeah. like a chump. <laughs> this guy, the funny thing my is, God. Both games where you were... But, but both games where he was, like, highly agitated at the beginning, he ended up turning around in the end, and I was like, well, see, like, you yelled at me, and, and it worked, and then there you go. <laughs> it kind of went the other way. jank so. dice rolls, though, let me tell you. <laughs> I did at the beginning. It was pretty, it was pretty busted, but it turned around. It ended up being a very, <laughs> very fun game. So, nah, it's always fun to play against Brett. Chris as well. Chris is a blast to play against. He just yolos everything. It's hilarious. Um, so we've talked about Brett's completely right. Definitely, I was just mocking him mostly because that's what we do. But uh, we've talked about the hero boxes. We've talked about the starters um we haven't really like you know gone down into stats because that's not really what this is about but uh next we really only have what two more options right one option for each person so if you've gotten the starters and you've gotten your uh hero boxes you can then buy i believe the wardens are the only only ones with a box separate right now correct that's correct justin okay so you can get more wardens if you need them uh you could also just buy more starters but after that uh, depending on your side, or if, like Brett said, you're in the tournament scene, you've got both, or you just have both because you like them anyways, uh, then you've got your Rolor Faithful and you've got your Rose Knights. Uh, and, I mean, there's a ton we can say about both. They are very awesome units, both. Uh, I would say Faithful can be a little harder to use in specific situations, but at the same time, Rose Knights can be basically the same thing. Uh, your opponent can to an extent, ignore a lot of what Rose Knights do and just kind of do their own shtick. Uh, Rose Knights really excel when they get punched, uh, and you never really want to start that. So, oh no, seven attacks coming at me, whatever. Um, so I, what I did is I bought two of each when I could um, for multiple reasons, but I don't really play Stannis, but I might play Stannis someday. So why not get some faithful uh, Rose Knights, though? I knew I was chasing those first and like Brett said, they are they are just gorgeous. So much so that my brother, who doesn't even play the game, is going to buy Baratheons just to have those. And he's going to play them occasionally against me. He has no interest in the game for whatever reason. He's just into tons of other games, but he just wants the models. So I kind of find that funny. Is it is it the Stagnite that's got the little pimp cane? Uh, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Stagnite Noble, I think. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his hammer on the ground, but it looks like so he's got the head on the ground. He's holding the shaft, and it just looks like a pimp cane that he's standing with. It's the best sculpt of all time. The old, the old antler pimp cane. He's got a sweet but, hat yeah. though, so you can't judge him. It's funny though. Uh, yeah, like you said, you've got the starter box and you've got one support box for each Ooh. faction. But it's absolutely crazy how well they rounded out and just completed that faction like that's really all you need 
I think a lot of guys are buying uh, or, or would buy the, the ruler of faithful to get the red priestess. Now with that said, the attachment box is coming soon and it's got two red priestesses in it. So if you don't love ruler faithful, which I do think they're a very, very solid unit, you could buy into it. Uh, just the, get the attachment box to get your red priestesses. If you want to run those neutral units, we just discussed and chuck a red priestess in there because Bastards girls with red priestess is like bent. And why wouldn't you do it? So, but uh, with that said, uh, on the Relore Faithful, I'm I'm actually a little bit surprised, and and maybe it's one of those things where I'm crazy, and uh, <clears throat> and maybe it doesn't happen because it's just not very good. But I haven't seen anybody running the Stagnite Noble in Relore Faithful, and I feel like it would be pretty good because you've got Shira and you've got Melisandre. So Melisandre ideally is crippling whatever unit's going to charge into your Relore Faithful. You've got Shira, who can create a token on demand. Uh, hypothetically, you should be able to claim the letters or the bags and dish out a token with either one of them, so you can weaken the unit that's coming in. And then when they do come in, uh, that four-up morale makes them survive very well. They're actually really, really hard to one-shot. And then you, they end up getting the pseudo Lannister supremacy, depending on how much damage they did. If they don't do eight, uh, if they don't do eight wounds or more, then they're taking a panic test at a minus two. And then you follow that up with a free attack, just punch them right in the mouth. It has vicious, and then presumably maybe you could uh, activate and and hit them again. And there's, it might be kind of hard to survive that if you've been mel bombed and you know lost five to seven dudes charged in took a panic test at minus two and then you're getting punched in the face twice with panic tests at minus two so it could be interesting i i might have to test it out it is nine points i think that the hang up with that might be for nine points you can get uh bastards girls with a red priestess and probably do more but if you want to run the Relore Faithful, I think they're a cool unit. That might be an attachment to consider, but I assume probably most people would be running the Red Priestess to use their deck for those free punches and then have the Red Priestess make them vulnerable and panicked. So I'm, I'm fully yeah, recanting. Um, yeah, I'm fully recanting. I'm going all the way back on it. I'm going all the way back on it. I don't maybe, think it's a terrible idea, yeah, but I think every time I, I I've seen the Relore Faithful used, they have the Red Priestess in them. Yeah, <laughs> That's the problem. But, like, You've got the best choice, and then you've got other good choices. <laughs> yeah, like the Stagnite Noble is such a cool attachment. I oh, I, I love his ability. I want him to be used all the time because he's so cool and so unique, but I guess the argument for that is, well, why would you pay two points for an order when you have two cards in the deck that do that order and counter charge is arguably better, and then you introduce more timing conflicts, and they're all probably right. So I'm going to shut up about the Stagnite Noble. In the Relore Faithful, I've talked myself out of it. Thank you for having this conversation with me. This is what we do. We just put you in a room and see what comes out. That's pretty much right. Sometimes, every once in a while, something cool comes out. Not uh, often. It usually I, involves flayed men before they get nerfed. I think I convinced some people uh, to run Piat Free, and I still stand by my arguments for why he's good. I had to dump my whole hand because I didn't respect him. Opponent rolled six three times. Now he's tutoring through his deck for a card. He is not bad. <laughs> but in fairness, I got lucky and rolled a one as well, so he dumped his whole hand too. But he did it to me one time, though, just like I said in the show. Like, you're going to do that one time. 
and I'm going to dump my whole hand. I'm never letting you take that zone again if I can help it. But he's fun anyway, and he was very crippling. He made me dump, I think, eight cards. So it was not it was not cool at all. It was very he's, very hard to. Uh, he's also like singularly that. unique in the game. Uh, I know we say that like a lot of things are unique, but Priya Pri is the single thing in the game that adds an additional tactic zone slot. So he's. I like seeing things that are one of a kind, and maybe they won't always be one of a kind. But you know what? While they are, I dig them, and I want to see them on the field all the time. Yeah, he's fun and he's neat, but we're. I think we're straying, but that happens sometimes. But I think we're allowed to. Heroes boxes, make your choice, Relore Faithful or Rose Knights, because you don't have any other choices. But <laughs> interestingly enough, they, they round it all off. Now, what, what do you think about all of this jazz, Chris? I think, well, A, I'd buy both these sets just because the models are so cool. And as we've said before, I think Baratheon in general, I think it's some of the coolest looking models out of all of them. But like we've also said, I think no matter which side you've chosen, at least one unit of side is necessary, especially on the Stannis side. If you're getting the Hero 1 box, which is the Stannis box, a lot of the units in there go towards the R'hllor keyword, which having these R'hllor guys, all the better. And like I said, they look awesome. Who doesn't want a guy with yeah. a flaming sword charging at you? Sounds like a great day. Yeah, I mean, just, just the sculpt in general is really cool. The, the, Yeah, just everything about it. I, I like it. I like the look of them. I really don't like seeing them across the table from me because <laughs> that means that it's not so much the R'hllor Faithful. It's usually if you see R'hllor Faithful, they're playing Stannis and they've got Melisandre, and that's what I hate seeing. But uh, we won't harp on that anymore. So I think after that, I, as I kind of mentioned, uh, I, th- I think you're buying some neutrals. But... Uh, I think Bastards Girls are probably the top choice, uh, maybe Cutthroats, but to be honest, Slade Men, they're not bad in Baratheons. They're really yeah, Baratheons uh, really need that movement and cab support right now, too. Yeah, I've run Davos, and I'm going to be real honest. Uh, your opponent is probably going to shit himself when you play Flea Bottom Tricks and you march your Flade Men, and then you uh, get to make another free maneuver and your flademen have moved like 15 inches and then they make this charge on you and you have no idea how that happened. So flea bottom tricks, yeah, it it is not restricted to infantry. So he's got I, another card I'm too just, that when you activate you can give them plus 2 movement. So correct. you can you can go like 21 inches. Well, they're both when the combat unit activates, so you can't. I know, I know. So you have two different cards that you can sprint forward. One's going to let you charge; the other's just going to let you get behind your enemy's mm-hmm. battle line. Right, 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 right. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, for the true king is basically for the watch, uh, a Jon Snow's card. But I, I, it's in in the Jon Snow deck. I think the other cards are so good that people sleep on just how good for the watches and for the one true king is essentially the same card, just a different name. Uh, it's crazy. 
uh, everything about Davos is great, but that's for a whole other show. But with that said, not just that they need some of that mobility, but yeah, I mean, if you're running Davos with Slade men, it's, it's ridiculous how much ground they can cover. And like you said, if you're already close anyway, with the basically a 15 inch maneuver, the March 1st and then a maneuver, you can turn a front charge into a rear charge very, very quickly. And Slademan in your rear, I don't care if you think they've been nerfed. That is a bad, bad, bad day. Uh, even a unit like Berserkers does not want to take a panic test at minus four. So very, with very, very cool. Um, with a panic token at that, you are to boot. You would have to, yeah, you'd have to be David Meckler to pass those panic tests. <laughs> Good thing he passes all of them. Uh, uh. Uh, one thing to note, if you – well, a couple things to note, I think, since we are talking about what to buy. For new players, if you are getting into Baratheons or want to, uh, be uh, – I would I would say expect to kind of get into the swing of learning the deck. It's not, it's not a hard deck to play if you know what you're doing necessarily, but there's a lot of the same triggers, which everyone said a million times. So just be – and I actually like that about them. Uh, playing the Renly side, I've got card draw options, so I get enough cards in my hand where – Every swing I'm doing, I've got a card to buff, so those triggers turn from like a negative to a positive for me. Um, so I'm not bu- putting them all in one attack. Instead, I'm spreading them out between tons of attacks, and I like that personally. And then uh, one thing I wanted to say about Renly, he's got like two different – no, maybe just one. His faction definitely seems to focus not only on healing but attachments themselves. Uh, which I like a lot because I, I very much like attachments in the game. It's one of my favorite uh, layers of the game. And generic attachments I like a lot too. Unfortunately, it's something we don't – we see it plenty, but we don't see it as much as I think it could be. And uh, I know Lord Paramount specifically really wants you to bring attachments. And for that matter, I guess so does Davos, doesn't he, with everything? So I I like the fact that they're – I don't know, maybe I'm – overstepping but it seems to be they're pushing more attachments uh i like that myself yeah i'm a fan of attachments anyway so yeah i can i can be done with that do we want to talk about the attachment box coming out i know it's not out yet but uh we could we're 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 25 minutes in i think baratheons are going to be the most they were going to be the most talked about anyway because they are basically the two factions in one. So I think we can give another uh, another few minutes on them. Uh, so there's not uh, much I'm we know about in- the attachment box. No, there's not. We we do know uh, what the Dragonstone Noble, which they they changed the name, right? No, I think it's still Dragonstone Noble. Okay. The Dragonstone. And if they did, Noble, I have no idea. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's the Cav dude. Um, we know that he's got uh, what is it? It's basically they they make a it's counter maneuver. No, yeah, it's counter charge. I don't think it's called it's counter charge. Maybe it is, but it's just straight up counter charge. But they can make a free maneuver if they can't make a charge. Correct. It's counter charge on yeah. crack. Yeah, it's counter charge on crack. Exactly that. But uh, and he's a Cav attachment. Come with it. What It'll else? Be priest die. Would it be pre yeah. You got some alternate sculpts for things, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so alternate sculpts. Yeah. And then. Oh man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I've had too much information dumped on me. 
and I've got so much that. going on. I'm not a thousand percent sure what's in there. So, I need stuff. I'm gonna find it. Neat stuff. It's all right, probably. All right, I got it. I got it right here. So we got a ridiculously sweet sculpt of the 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 Stagnite Noble. Like I want to buy this box just for that. And then we got another Pimp Cane guy, but this time it's the Master Warden. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Red Priest that we already talked about. We got a Pikeman Captain. Oh, it's a High Garden Pikeman Captain. Ooh. Uh, so maybe we see something there. We have a Thorn Guard Sentinel. So that sounds pretty cool, too. He's also got a really sweet sculpt. He looks like a hooded guy with a sword. Uh, and then we got the One Dragon Stone Noble, who, by the way, should be noted. Not only is he a cab attachment. But Michael Chanel definitely said, I believe, at Gen Con that he's got a solo version, doesn't he? I that I can't confirm again. It's not. It's I, I haven't paid enough attention, and I think he was called the Lord of Dragonstone before. That's oh, maybe he was. Maybe he yeah, was. And then I think they then they changed it to Dragonstone Noble. So but, this is exciting news for everybody with the Champions of the Stag coming out too. Well, we could save some speculation for for another episode for those other two attachments that we don't know anything about. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, I don't. I would assume I, wanna... I would assume the High Garden guy is uh, on Renly's side. I would assume both are if the name Thorn is. What's a rose? Roses are very. You know thorny. what? <laughs> don't 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 start on the fluff, okay? Nah, it's got to be Stannis. <laughs> Definitely, Stannis has the thorny bushes. He's yeah, you know what? Him. Don't start on my lack of fluff. <laughs> I'm going to segue us into something else. All right, you something do that. That, that. that I like to talk about. Uh, Not books. Let's, 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 let's jump into Night's Watch. Night's Watch. Damn it. do them next. Uh, in my opinion, uh, possibly the best you open it up and start playing Starter Box that was ever made, uh, coming with two Sworn Brothers, uh, the maybe the most offensive infantry unit in the game that somehow can hit like uh, like Lance Cavalry with potentially 10 attacks with just one Val. Critical Blow, Thundering. Uh, I don't need to go over their stats. Uh, Veterans of the Watch and Ranger Trackers. So there's that's three units that are pretty much the bread and butter of just about every Night's Watch list that you see. Comes with Jon Snow, uh, my favorite commander, but... Uh, he doesn't seem to be doing as well as he did before. I still run him. I still love him. And it comes with Jor Mormont, recently buffed as a commander or an NCU. Both versions were buffed. Uh, he sees a lot of play now. And then you've got Eamon, the always amazing, uh, never leave home without him if you're Brett Eamon. So uh, definitely, oh, and uh, you can get Craster from the Free Folk box. But, oh, Bowen Marsh. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you got another Marsh, NCU in the form Bowen of Bowen. Marsh. Bowen Marsh comes in the starter. Again, an NCU that doesn't get a whole lot of love these days, but that's probably because they they did the rework and they buffed like all of Nightwatch NCUs, and they're all freaking amazing now. Uh, I still like Bowen Marsh. I run him with Jon Snow. Uh, Jon Snow does not do super well without his cards, so I plug Bowen Marsh in there to make sure that I get them or give myself a chance to get them. But, yeah, immediately you, you open up the box and you can start competing with what, what's right there in that box. Uh, and the watch captain got a buff. I can't forget them. It comes with two watch captains, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the so starters you, generally come with, like, two of the generic attachment, like the main attachment, right? 
Yeah. So if you buy, if you get Crafter from one of your buddies who's bought two free folk sets, uh, you unbox it. There's a 40 point list right there. That's one. Uh, if, if it has, it's one tournament for me, but um, it's also like, it's just a competitive list any day of the week. So uh, I think it's pretty much the only starter box that does that. It may be Starks. I guess you could piece it together, but I don't know that you could open the Stark starter box and build it just anyway. With that said, uh, I'm saying as a Night's Watch player and a fan of the game, I think your first purchase is, again, it's going to be the Heroes box because you're going to unlock uh, Donald Noy's NCU, very, very popular. You're going to unlock Oppo Yarwick, their most offensive commander. and Which is NCU so weird commander. considering his job within the watch. <laughs> hey, you're the guy in charge yeah. of our defenses. I'm going to be super offensive. You know what they say. Yeah, he's a builder. <laughs> but I don't know. It's crazy. But when, when they very first dropped this Heroes box, I wasn't playing Night's Watch. And what got me started with them was Otho Yarwick. And I was looking at his cards because at the time, this was right before they changed contested objectives. So everybody was running Jon Snow. Like the same list, every person running the same list. Either five Sworn Brothers or four Sworn Brothers and one Tracker. Was that Blender they list or they did, Yeah, or they did Oof. the same Jon Snow veterans and like four Sworn Brothers with two NCUs. Like I think every Night's Watch player ever ran that same list. But with that said, they, they released Yarwick, and everybody was still running this Jon Snow list. And I was like, I think you guys are sleeping on Yarwick. His cards work for ranged and for melee. So I started to give Yarwick a try, and uh, I that's what got me hooked on them. I was running Ranger Hunters when they were terrible with Yarwick, and I was making ends meet with – well, I won't say they were terrible. Ranger Hunters pre-buff, I was running them with Yarwick, Yarwick and I was making ends meet. So to me, it was a lot of fun playing with him at that time, but he's still a very strong commander. Uh, obviously, your NCU choices get used often. But uh, then you got Corn Halfhand, who's only buffed. Uh, a lot of people will say he is the strongest Night's Watch NCU. Very, very big fan of him. Uh, you get Pipar, who goes in crossbows to make the most annoying and obnoxious unit in life if you don't have a card to deal with them or some way to shut off their order. Horribly <laughs> annoying. You don't see it very often. But uh, And then you get Grin, who... Uh, takes like a unit of veterans and gives them critical blow and makes them really nasty. Grin was in a unit of veterans in my initial awful list. It was a 10 point unit that was super tanky and did a shit ton of work on the offensive side. So uh, I'm not missing anybody, right? Alistair, awful half hand, Donald Noy, Pipar and Grin, right? Did you, did you mention Donald that uh, they have attachments and CUs and commanders and different variations? Yeah. So, Donald like, Donald Noy is a commander and, a, yeah. Yeah. And Alistair is a commander and an attachment. Uh, very, very good in both forms. Um, uh, it's hand. crazy because in – go ahead. You know, I whine about giants a lot, and they, they always take my lunch money, but having a conversation today and actually half-hands attachment is, like, the perfect counter to giants because they can't really attack what unit he's in because they have go-down fighting and they have stubborn tenacity. So a giant attacking anything with core and half-hand is risking killing itself. 
Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely, easily. I thought you were talking about the MCU at first. I'm like, I mean, yeah, totally, but, I mean, it counters anything. <laughs> oh, no, Corin Hoffman's MCU is amazing. Uh, his, a... his, his influence alone is worth four points. And then you're, like, buying a super good, cheap discount uh, insurance policy with his sacrifice ability. Like, he's worth his money all day long for the plus one attack and plus one movement. But then, yeah. His yeah, for sure. Easily, that that hero box is ridiculously amazing, and I think it makes Night's Watch players sweat because I feel like your list building has become became so hard with that because you're like, oh no, I want it all. It's all so good. It's uh, really my, true because right now there's really not a bad option in that box. Like, what do you think? objectively speaking, is the least of value thing in that box. Maybe Gren, maybe Pipar, like one of those two, and they're still really solid attachments. But like you said, Pipar and Crossbows, you will just flip the table. <laughs> it's if like, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, if you have an answer for it, it's not a big deal. I guess almost everybody's running Walter Frey, but I, I think if you're running the Pipar Crossbows, you would run... Uh, uh, Jor and try to grab the letters so that you could shut off Walter Frey. And then other than that, you've got uh, neutrals can do it. I, uh, Courtney Penrose has surprise strategy, right? Uh, oh, wait, yes. that's cards. Disregard Brett, that's cards, not orders. It's really only winner is coming that can stop it, right? Is there anything else off the top of my head that stops orders? I guess Mance Raider. Well, Korean, anything that turns the bellies uh, off, so... Anything that turns abilities well, yeah, off, Roos. Yeah, I was saying, uh, well, Roos could do it, but I, I was thinking Walter Frey, everybody's universal answer to everything that they don't want to deal with. But you can, counter him with, you can counter him with Jor. You can't counter Roos with how Jor. Do you ca- how do you counter him with Jor? Uh, I think Am I missing Jor, something here? I think if you control the letters, you can't be, uh, you can't have... Uh, Influences? In- Influences on you, or he uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it really quick. I just want to make sure fair. I'm not lying to our listeners. And that's the Jor NCU, right? Cannot be targeted or affected by any enemy tactics, cards, or NCU abilities. Ah, did so you hear that? <laughs> affected. On, yeah, so you put Walder on the Pipper crossbows, and then they lay old old big Jor down on top, and there you go. <laughs> blah 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> You said affected it, by the way. Like you, you added an id at the end of it, and it was pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chris, uh, what what are you thinking about this? Do you think heroes box one, or do you go for something else? Oh, Chris alive? There he is. Yeah, I don't know. It's legs like unmute myself. Sorry. Uh, yes, I absolutely agree. Hero box one is the next step, and for all those reasons that you mentioned, they just as a general rule of thumb, I always get the starter than the hero box of any army, just because the utility and the value that comes out of those hero boxes, and they work usually really well 
with the stuff that comes in the starter box, except maybe minus the Targaryens like we talked about last week because you can't actually put those units into anything in the starter box. But other than that, they work really well together. I think other possibilities besides just the hero box, uh, you've got conscripts as a cheap, insignificant unit. Uh, cheap being something that Night's Watch just doesn't do at all. They've got like 7 points, 7 points, 6 points, 8 points, uh, 10 points. Nothing really cheap, but uh, you've got the conscripts at 4 points, and they're insignificant. they got that buff as well as being able to take bows. They seem to be a really, really popular choice lately. So that could be a direction that you wanted to go if you if you wanted to buy into them first and, and tinker around with uh, Commander Jor and uh, John or Commander John and Jor NCU. Uh, Builder Crossbowmen are another fantastic choice. Uh, both Siege Weapons, Ranger Hunters, and I play the damn army. I should know what all they have. What a noob. That's, that's it, right? Crossbowmen, what comes in the starter box, the Ranger Hunters, both Siege Weapons and Conscripts. That's all yes. that they have going for them right now. And then they've, got so. this, they've got the super sweet uh, Marshall attachment coming in that attachment box, though, and they've already spoiled the senior builder who builds stakes. <laughs> and, and stick them wherever he wants, which is really good, actually. Yeah, that's terrifying. Like, ah, uh, damn it. I guess I'll go around those or die. I, I, yeah, I'm i going to be sweating bullets, I think, when I see master builders across from me, like or senior builders. Like, what what, what am I going to do? Yeah, <laughs> I got to get to them really you, fast? You YOLO some raiders. Yeah, but they're going to... Well, they just probably stick them in front of their scorpion or their stone thrower, and then, like, I have finally made it over here, and now I just died trying to attack it. That really sucks. Because the scorpion with the attachments has ready aim fire, so when you're finally ready to assault the scorpion that's potentially been barraging you with two attacks or more a turn, depending on how you play the board, uh, then you've got to run over stakes. Like, this, this dick in the conscripts threw these stakes down in front of me, so now I have to deal with these. They weren't there at the start of the game, and they're there now. And on top of conscripts, they're also insignificant, so you didn't get it. You're at, like, zero points. Like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Gonna, I, think lose Carlo's everything. Using, I think Carlo's using three of them in uh, the three sales league, actually. He's the only Night's Watch player who hasn't lost, so I guess he's on to something. Using conscripts or senior builders? He's using the damn senior builders, but I think he's got them in conscripts, and I believe he's got a scorpion with attachments. Almost Jeez. like I stole ideas right from him. <laughs> but yeah, I'm Brett doesn't sure actually create any stuff. original ideas. He just hey, sometimes I do. Okay, he snoops sometimes around the internet stealing everybody's. I you know I I like to uh, I like to borrow from here, borrow from there, mix in with what I think myself, and and try to build you know super broken list. It doesn't nice. always work out. He's the pink I, panther. I, He's I, just not admitting to it. Alright, shout out shout out to Carlo. I am potentially 
going to steal your idea and run it to see how I can work that. So, but, but it's a great, it's a great idea. It's, it's a really good attachment and it's fully spoiled. So why not do it? And he's got a cool beard. It's always a plus. So what would be for you, Brett, as a Night's Watch player, what would you get after the Heroes box yourself? What unit among the ones that you mentioned would you be chasing first? Say you had 35 bucks plus tax and that's all you had. Uh, I'm going to say... Um, I'm, I'm crossbowman, I guess. Uh, wow, that was like, conviction. Yeah. Crossbowman, I think. I, I like uh, having some ranged and uh, creating area denial. Um, I've seen crossbowmen work really, really well, but I think just ranged in general is seeing a little bit more popularity, and I think people are coming around to realize that ranged is really good. Uh, I've played a lot with Lannisters, and I know that my Lannister crossbowmen did a crap ton of work, and so I can only imagine that the Night's Watch crossbowmen would do just as much, uh, in particular with their order. So having some vows and their order, it's not going to hurt them one tiny bit. So I would, I would buy the crossbowmen, I think. I think I would go for the Ranger Hunters, but it's kind of, it's because when I'm across the board from them, they terrify me. They're not the easiest to use. And a lot of times they do fail in what they're trying to do. But if you can pull it off, that is like singularly a ridiculously destructive unit. The amount of dice it can throw off without any type of buffs, heaven forbid you do buff them, it is terrifying. They're fast, so you don't, like, if your opponent's got his priority next round, you're like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Please fail your charge. Please fail your charge, which consequently happened last time I played against them. <laughs> uh, but they terrify me. I sweat bullets across the board from them because if you mess one thing up, you're taking 15 dice to the face with two panic tests. And they're just, they're, they're not even engaged with you afterwards, so it's great. And playing neutrals where I have a lot of squishy units, it's not a good day. Not a good day at all. What about you, Chris? What would you get if you had 35 bucks as a Night's Watch player? I would go probably for the crossbows. Because, A, I think they look awesome. Well, to be fair, I think they both look awesome. But I'm more of a fan of the crossbow people. And like we talked about before, if you already have the hero box, putting who's the archer one? Pipar, putting Pepper. that guy in there, yeah, putting that guy in there with them is disgustingly good. It's a it it's awful. <laughs> God, um, I, I hope I yeah. never have to experience it. As a free folk person, that is horrible. Yeah, you're losing a unit every shot, almost. Right. (laughs) True. And you're never getting to him, poor guy. Especially if I'm running them through, you know, spikes. Why are you running through spikes? Stop doing that. You got an eagle. You got an eagle. Well, I use bears anyway, so. That eagle is busted, yo. Anyways, that's a good, uh, I think that's a good segue into the free folk, isn't it? (laughs) I think so. 
All right, Chris, you love these boys more than life itself. What do you got? I do. So, as we talked about every time, starter box obviously is key for this thing. But unlike the other ones, I think at least one additional starter box is very key. So, I mean, granted, yeah, you get four giants, and most people don't use four giants. I have. Most people don't. But I think getting the core block of four raiders, two trappers, and then, you know, some giants is a great starting spot for a free folk horde army. I totally agree. Because what you get, how many raiders you get in the free folk? Is it four? Or do you get two? Yeah. You get get two raider units, a trapper Trapper, unit, two giants, two giants. Yeah, so you're going to generally need those raiders, right? Yep. And and on average, I really don't make any list with anything less than four units of raiders anyway. Because four units of that comes out to 12 points. Why not? Yeah, I think I totally agree because almost every free folk list has a basis of four raiders. So with two free folk boxes, you're getting the four raiders. That's like 70 bucks retail if you buy them themselves. A lot of them are running at least two trappers. There's another 35 bucks. You're up to 105. Uh, you can sell the giants unless you really want to run three or four in a list, which is reasonable. That's another 35 for the two giants. And then you can sell Craster to a Nightwatch player, uh, depending on how good you, how good of a friend you are. I've seen them sell for 25 for just Craster himself. Uh, it's just a supply and demand thing. Uh, I think 10 is a little bit, 10, 15 is a little bit more fair, but I'm not the type of person to troll people for what they can get. He sells for 25, so do what you've got to do. But you can definitely sell Craster. Uh, you can do some cool conversions with the raid leaders, whatever you want to do. I'm not entirely sure that anyone would buy just like the heroes part of it because you you're buying the starter box if you're playing free folk kind of period. So I don't I don't see anybody really needing them. You could just do some some casualties or whatever you wanted to do with the extra models that you had left. But Craster will definitely sell. Um I think they said eventually he's going to come in one of the Night's Watch boxes, though, so you might want to do that now while Night's Watch doesn't have the option to buy Crafter with some of their own stuff. But fully agree, two starter boxes is definitely the way to go if you want to be a free folk player. Watch tonight. The trade group's going to be full of Crasters. Brett did 25. (laughs) I've seen it. I think I paid 20 for mine. I paid zero for mine. Well, I got I an extra one. You want it for 20? No, I got mine yeah. for free. I got one with a nice <laughs> Brett? Oh, so other than the other starter box, I'm thinking pretty universal theme here. Imagine that. But I think you're going to buy uh, the Heroes 1 box. Uh, you're going to get Steyr, the most broken <laughs> NPU in the whole game. <laughs> you're going to get Steyr. You're going to get Ygritte. And those those two are almost auto-include in just about every single free folk list that you see. That's 
wanting to be competitive, Dyer and Ygritte. Ygritte is going to cancel out Wolder Frey and whatever other big nasty you don't want on your unit. Uh, that's, that's true. Can make go through my war counts clip? There's not a <laughs> list on there that doesn't have one of those two in it together. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty much auto-include. And then, then after that, it's, are you running Crafter? Are you running Lady Val? Do you mix Mance Raider NCU in there? Uh, uh, free Folk are spoiled with NCUs for sure, but then again, so are Nightwatch, and I guess you could make an argument for almost every faction having some tough choices with NCUs. I don't think that's Free entirely Folk. true. Yeah, I think Free Folk NCUs are a little bit under-costed for what they do, but well, I'm I kind meant, of a Free Folk uh, hater, so feel free to ignore me. I was referring to your comment about every faction being spoiled in NCUs. Not true. Not neutrals, right? Not neutrals. I love my well, NCUs, but I got like four to choose from, and one of them is like kind of unusable. No, no I've got four <laughs> good ones to choose from. Yeah, they well, got, I can't use any of them. They What's suffer that? from being available to everybody. So I'm aware of the reasons. Doesn't make it's me happier. Free folk. Yeah, free folk can't be blamed. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I blame no free folk player. You guys keep on keeping on. Brett hates you, but I don't. Yellow. Yeah, I but I I I do dislike them. <laughs> but I have my reasons. But uh, no, I what's think I call? think you're buying here. What's that? I was say you also get that hero box because you get the fan favorite Harma Commander, which we all Absolutely. love her. I know Brett loves her too. Oh geez. <laughs> yeah, you get Harma. But you also get the Weeper, who yeah, I played Free Folk a little bit. Okay, I do like playing them, but I don't run the Free Folk annoying. Like I actually try to kill you with like followers of Bone and Cave Dweller Savages. So I don't run like as many trappers and raiders as I can possibly squeeze in there. Uh, I think Free Folk can be fun, um, but you. Yeah, they, they've got really cool, neat, and fun units, but they just get ignored because you can run the Ygritte and Dyer and Lady Val with a bunch of insignificant and play super, super low risk and like, eh, just throw Dyer on them, YOLO in there, do as much damage as you can, hope they fail a couple panic tests, and then I've got plenty more and two cards to make even more, so eh, it's fine. But I like the followers of Bone. They're they're one of my favorite units, like in the game. They're they're really fun. They're a little bit squishy, but they're fun. They're fun to make work, and it's really rewarding to play the eight point unit of followers of Bone with the Weeper's attachment in a free folk list where you get like eyebrows like that's that's two raiders with with skin changers for that one unit that you've brought there. Yeah, but like, this unit's way more fun. So. <laughs> Let's be honest, too. Bone Lords Chosen are so cool-looking. They are amazing, and they should be played in every single game. Just just them. Like, free folks should just be followers of Bone. They are disgustingly powerful, too, the Bone Lords Chosen. Very, 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 very potent unit. It's an expensive yeah. unit, but it is a very potent unit. Because you know every time you're going to attack them, you could lose six guys just on your attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ah! Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they've got a lot of really cool stuff working for them. 
uh, I think the rattle shirt attachment actually makes them even nastier than the rattle shirt commander. What's the difference? Uh, onslaught. The rattle shirt attachment has onslaught. He can charge with the sword. The rattle shirt commander Love has... it. Cut them uh, down. Correct me. I think... He, yeah, I think he's got cut them down and his crocking cards of his... Let me go look so I don't sound stupid. Well, Let's I mean... See. Rattle shirt commander... No, he does not have cut them down. He has trophy collecting, which is if you destroy a rank after a friendly unit, right, within for short cards. Melee, you search for one of his cards and attach it to that unit, which is a cool is ability. It, is it his attachment that has cut them down? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> so no, you the, don't want the to attack no, them. No. The Bone Lord's, no, the bone lord's Chosen has cut them down. The unit yeah, does? That's that's nuts. Nuts. The, uni- yeah. the unit does. That's, that's cray cray, right. yo. Because yeah, the attachment Lord, is uh, spot and prey on fear. That's correct. Yeah, he the 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 attachment lets them heal up when they fail panic tests, which is which they're bound to, uh, because the bone lords chosen have vicious. You're correct. Yes, the the unit itself has cut them down, which is freaking insane. They've got uh, yeah. terrifying. I, I love that combo. Jagged weapons for vicious. Horrific visage them down. And they have ten. It's ten points. Yeah, they don't I do not mind paying that. They've got eight, seven, six hitting on threes. Movement five, four plus defense, and five up morale. Very everything about that card is amazing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're. I mean, look at their their degrading profile. That is, in my opinion, like one of the most disheartening things. You're like, sweet, I killed eight of them. All right. Well, I still got. Six dice to swing at you with vicious. Are you kidding me? I didn't even. I barely survived the panic test from attacking you. (laughs) Yeah, that's Night Watch veterans level of degradation. Like no degradation at all. It's aggravating (laughs) so much when I lose two ranks. I'm like, man, I lost half my dice, and they're like, (laughs) yep. I was playing John Cash and Indy, and he had me down to Jon Snow, and I swung back on him and threw six dice, and he was like. One guy's got six dice, but yeah, and uh, you're probably about to be even more disheartened because top of the next round, there's going to be seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's brutal, and Bone Lord's Chosen are definitely up there with brutal. If you can, it is such a gamble. You know you don't want to attack him with anything that doesn't have amazing morale because, God, if you lose six guys on your attack without any card or order being triggered like yep. that is just like how do you recover from that a lot of the times you're like well I'm going to go cry in the corner while you kill me yeah basically yeah they the bone lords chosen was in both lists of I believe and, I, and I'm sure Carlo will yell at me later if I'm wrong but I believe it was Forioku and I believe he was the top finishing free folk player in that event and he had the Bone Lord chosen in both lists. It's a terrifying so, unit. I think it was the Weeper in one, the Weeper Commander in one list, and then Harma Commander in the other. So with the Weeper Commander, you've got the double cut them down. Weeper's got it, and then the Bone Lord's chosen have it, which is, I think the only other people that can do that are uh, Clegane mixed with Ramsey to have two separate cut them down, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds accurate, yeah. 
it is a brutal ability. Cut them down has only gotten significantly better with uh, with the change to panic. D three plus oh, three yeah. just sounds so scary. Like you mean I can take six wounds <laughs> from a panic test? I, I failed by one. <laughs> yeah, my morale, my morale's four, and I took six wounds. <laughs> I think just about a bit. I think the the last time I had to play Bone Lord's Chosen, I got super lucky, and I was able to have my cutthroats get through without failing the panic test for Horrific Visage. But I'm pretty sure I closed my eyes while rolling those dice. I didn't want to see what happened, because I was pretty sure it was over. I think you did that against me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably whooped you, didn't I? <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> No, probably not. Someday. All right, so where are we at? So, well, we've talked about Bone Lord, or the followers of Bone. I guess there's, what, five other (laughs) units to free folk have? (laughs) They have a lot, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they do have a lot. So, yeah, I think we've pretty well covered the followers of Bone and then the Bone Lord's chosen variant. Uh, Chris, do you see any reason to run Spearwives? I actually like them. I got, I did the uh, the Nick Nick Martinez Martinez Nicholas Martinez. I get that dude's name wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nicholas Martinez from Mythico Studios made the random list builder, and I played on their stream against Chris. And I ended up playing a Harma list with, I think, three or four Spearwives. And I actually ended up liking them. Uh, I believe I had the Jarl in one of those units. And it ended up being really, really good getting Spearwives behind enemy lines. Uh, they can do a little bit of work, and their their attack profile doesn't degrade. But I like them, but I'm not like an all-in, hardcore, free bowl player. Like I already mentioned, I play fun units that you don't really ever see very often just to try to make them work something other than the insignificant spam. What do you think about them? Do they fit in your list at all, or, or are trappers still just better? I use them sometimes. It's not often. I do like Jarl in them, because if you can sneak them on and get some like range spear throwing into the flank of an unsuspecting opponent. That's always amusing. But I can't remember. There's one game we were playing that they were like either my last or second to last unit. And they were actually doing some solid work. They're on the flank, just pestering somebody, but they earned their keep that game. But other than that, I don't really ever throw spear wives out there. Usually it's all Raiders, Fowlers of Bone, and a giant. I want to say I was there for that game with the Spearwives. And I believe they're actually in the rear of stuff. And they, like, destroyed someone with a range attack and a panic test. And then I think they ended up charging someone in the rear because they were just like, man, whatever, they're just Spearwives. And just ignored them. Uh, and I, I want to say the one unit had killed two whole units by itself. But... I do think – oh, no, what happened is I, I think they died and you brought them back and they did even more work too. 
I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure I was sitting there egging you on the whole time. Oh, yeah. It was definitely... As I do. Yeah. I just don't remember for the life of me who I was playing against. I think it was but just it over Wednesday either. nights. No, it was it was over here, though. So hmm. it had to have been either you, Jose, Angus, or Dave. Could have been Spencer. I don't remember which one. Well, it could have been. No, I had to play him and Dorn outside, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made Chris mad that day. <laughs> you make me mad every day, to be honest. But I do try my best. <laughs> this is why I exist. So, after Spearwives, useful. I don't include them terribly much. Uh, what's next? Cave Dweller Savages. They, well, when it comes comes between them or Followers of Bone, I'll always go Followers of Bone. So very rarely do I ever use the Cave Dwellers. I know there are people that use them to great effect. I know they're really popular before the 1.5 changes, but I think they still have a place. It's just I prefer the Followers to those. What about you, Brett? Um, I actually really like the. Uh, I really like the um, cave dweller savages. Still, uh, I bunker either Harma the commander or Harma's attachment in them, because you've got the uh, bannerman to give you the vicious that they're kind of missing from what they were before, and they're a solid uh, morale unit that resists like Melisandre still. I think particularly if you're running Harma Commander, pretty important to have her in a unit that can resist panic because they're going to be doing everything they can to get Harma off the table. So I've done that because they can crown zap them. They are probably going to pass. And uh, even Melisandre, it's like a 50-50 that, that she'll pass. But they're they're doing everything they can to remove Harma for her two orders. So I think they're a great bunker for her. And then, like I said, her attachment, when I run the Weeper Commander, I always run Harma's attachment uh, to boot, scoot, and boogie my giant across the table. So it's nice to uh, it's nice to have her in a unit that can withstand some the, – the remote attacks, as it were, I guess, anything that's going to be able to damage her before she gets across the table. So that is my take on them. I don't think they're terrible. Uh, I think they work really, really, really well with Giants. Uh, my combination, as I mentioned before, with uh, the Weeper and Followers of Bone, if the Weeper hits a unit, uh, they're more than likely failing their panic test, so they're down at least one rank. And then a lot of times when he charges, he can take out two ranks. And then Harma and the Cave Dwellers can come in, and once you get those buffs, like hitting on twos and they become vulnerable, uh, she's pretty much going to be able to clean anything up. So I think that cave dwellers are still really, really, really good. People are used to them being an alpha striking unit, and that's not what they are. <clears throat> when I use them with Harma, they are a finishing unit, and they will 100% go in and clean a unit up easily. I know nothing. <laughs> I haven't seen. 
Yeah, I I can't say a whole lot, but I can say when I see things like um, uh, spear wives and cave dwellers across the field, there's one thing I look forward to, and that's getting points. Because it is a struggle against free folk to get points for obvious reasons that I don't have to say. But uh, having anything that's significant helps so much against them, because that's the, the uphill fight that you're going against with them. So uh, I definitely can say that I haven't seen much cave dwellers since the changes. I don't think they're bad at all, but it's exactly what Brett said. Uh, people see them like, oh, well, six up save sucks, but they've got amazing morale. Well, they're still going to die like chumps. So you need to be careful with them. Agreed. And oh, there was more. one thing we forgot to mention, though. So let's backtrack to the Bone Boys. Uh, I believe the Chosen's cards are all in Heroes Box 1, right? So they don't come in the Bone People's Box? Correct. That comes in the Hero Box 1 along with so, uh, Rattle Shirt. So for all you folks thinking about maybe buying or playing with the Bone Lord's Chosen 10-point devastating Death Star of Deathness, uh, the Heroes box, which you would presumably be getting anyways, you've already got it, and you're saving yourself some buckaroonies if you already have one Bone Boy. That's because before the changes at 1.5, you actually had to have Commander Rattle Shirt to take that right. unit. So it's kind of like uh, Eddard's Honor Guard that comes in that Hero box because you had to have him to be able to use it. But now they've made it so any version of him, which I guess you still need him to be able to take that unit, but But now they can have cut now they can have onslaught though, so they're even better. I wanted to say cut them down because it it's kinda of blowing my mind that a unit has cut them down and not an attachment. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this like at all. Well, that's all right, it's good for you. No it's not. Well, that was a good backtrack though. Thank you. So there's two boxes left for free folk. First being the Thens, which I think these are beautiful models. And I really like their card and their abilities. But me personally, I'm a very offensive oriented player, so I don't typically use their defensive abilities. So I personally don't take them as much, but I know there's great value in taking them. And they're one of the most resilient things that the free folk have access to. Uh, I, I I think they're an amazing choice if you're... So there's like two different t- types of players generally, right? right? Like generally, there's going to be... Offensive players like Chris, and then people who like to bait things out and very defensive players, and Thens will simply ruin your day. If you have to charge them instead of what you wanted to charge, I can throw everything into disarray, because generally they're going to survive at least one hit. I mean, when you look at other defensive units, they're not up to par. You know, they've got a four-up save, but for free folks, four-up save is like gold. You're crying a little inside when you get a four-up save. You're like, it's so beautiful. Um <laughs> Uh, I, know I find it weird, though, lore-wise, that Thens... I mean, yeah, they have bronze stuff, which everyone else doesn't, but why are they an offensive unit? They're just, like, 
cannibal barbarians. So I kind of find it funny. Because they needed a defensive unit, Justin. I know that, (laughs) Brett. God, why do I even let you be here? I think Brett's fired. Um, They're a pretty decent commander bunker. Um, Outside of the Bone Lords Chosen and Savages, they've got a pretty decent morale, six plus. Kind of hard to come by in Free Folk, except for the two units that I mentioned. Oh, I guess Stupid Giant has a three or a four four now but uh no they're not they're not bad i think the big problem is they they die really 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 quickly to sundering and a vulnerable token and then in the free folk army six points is a big deal but on that same token followers of bone die very quickly to sundering and a vulnerable token and i like them but i think my big hiccup with uh running fins is that they hit on fours I think if they hit on threes, they would be pretty damn good. Uh, they're just they're they're they've got the defensive thing going. The fact that uh, set defense is it set defense? What that ignores flank, rear, and charge bonus? Well, it's point whatever it's called. It's not an order, so it happens all the time. So unless you shut them off, you're never getting flank, rear, or charge bonuses. It's a really really nice ability. I think four plus defense with that ability is better than a three plus defense most of the time. But uh, I don't know. They just don't do much when they hit back. Uh, It's kind of the same hiccup that uh, Lannister Halberds have. They're good. They're really, really good. But hitting on fours, like you're one weekend token away from being in danger of missing all of your attacks. And I think Justin, if you've ever ran Stormcrow archers, you can you can attest to that. I've played against what about them the Stormcrows. Yeah, it's like a weekend token. And it's like uh, okay, one hit, two hits, maybe. Even without that. a weekend token, yeah. If you're if, with seven dice sitting on threes, how many dice do the tens get? I think it's eight. I think they're eight, six, five, maybe. So I mean, if you're just looking at like averages, if you just do four against a four up save unit, you're doing two wounds to him. So oh, an entire God, attack to do two wounds, and that's it's obviously eight. if you don't charge. But it's a unit that's designed to not charge. It's eight five five. Ooh, like, they I degrade mean, like chumps. Yeah, but once they once they engage with you, like you're not going to be doing damage to them. I guess the idea is that you trap them and then your other units surround them, but uh, it just doesn't really seem to work that way. I don't know, try with a bear. Maybe you just need to put bears in them. Oh, God. Because then you're pinning them in place and your bear's just going... (laughs) (laughs) How's that that bear go, Justin? (laughs) (laughs) What, you guys don't hang around bears? You don't know these things? Come on. Gonna make the bear noise. Bunch of chumps. Well, before we move on to talk about the bears, the one other good thing that comes to you in the in the Thun Warrior box is the the chosen of Steyr attachment, which their ability uh, when the unit activates, the one enemy within long range becomes weakened, which against free folk, anytime you can weaken somebody attacking you, is fantastic. So. I mean, I use the chosen more than I do the actual Fen unit itself. 
So. Yes, the, the attachment is fantastic. It's like Theon without any risk. Oh, poor Theon. Yeah, it sucks. No, it's great. A weakened token on demand for one point every round is freaking sweet. I mean, not demand, demand, but fairly demand. I know that made no sense, but you guys know what I mean. For the low price of activating your unit. It's pretty baller, and tokens are the name of the game. Tokens and cards make this game shine. Brett knows all about getting tokens on him from our last game. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) He put like, I don't know, he put like seven tokens on me, and he never got to spend like a single one of them because I just put them all back on him. (laughs) Poor guy. All right. Let's talk about our last unit. Our all favorite unit, the skin changers. So the entire box comes with what? Two skin changers, models, a bear. Or two bears, two wolves, two birds. I think that's right. But yeah, so this is a completely an attachment box. But I think the skin changers, for one point, what they do, I, for, ever since they came out, I have not made a list that did not include at least two of these things. Well, that's because you're a jerk. Well, I'm just kidding. Like they're I'm they're fine. a they're a staple attachment right now for free folk. They're they're designed to work so well with the army. Bears and the eagles are ridiculous. Eagles just letting you just swim over stakes like it's nothing is crazy. And who loves taking five wounds from bears, Brett? At least up to yeah. eight if they got stire. Yeah, take that no. No, it's, yeah, it's up to eleven. Oh, it's up to eleven oh, with sorry. Uh, harm of the order. Sorry, eleven. No big deal. <laughs> for one, for the measly price of one point, you may do eleven wounds to me. It's completely ridiculous, and with fainting maneuver, it's a free charge. I don't even want to talk about it. Why are you stressing me out? Fantastic. <laughs> That is who I am. I'm here to stress you out. Why else would you be on the show? Oh, God. Yeah, fair enough. We ended, so, up, we ended up talking about these three factions longer than we talked about four factions the last show. Well, these factions are, well, they're all the really unique. I mean, every faction's unique, but Baratheons are two factions in one. Free Folk are... They can't take neutrals. They have a lot of unit choices that are very diverse. And then you got the elite army, which you are the lover of till the end of the earth. I do love them for some reason. They are not doing too well for me lately, but I love them nonetheless. You're just getting old, Brett. That's all. That's a really fair point, actually. No, it's not. What? (laughs) But... So let's get back to the point of the show, though, right? Um, what would we be focusing on as new players for buying? Uh, from my standpoint, like we said, I would go two starter boxes, hero box one, at least 
one followers of bone unit. I personally did three, and then a box, <laughs> and then a box or two of skin changers. Those are my priorities, and those are what I use in pretty much all my lists. Yeah, even as a non-free folk player, I don't think I've ever touched them once. Uh, I would have to say skin changers should be pretty high on that priority list. What they do for the free folk is insane, and anybody else would count their blessings if they had that attachment, for sure. Yep. Yep, honestly, yep, I'm I'm with uh I'm with Chris. I'm saying a second starter box followed by hero box 1 and then depending on if you are playing free folk to the knight or or if you're playing free folk to lick salty tears, you would go straight into the skin changers with those two starter boxes in the hero box and you are ready to be competitive. And ready to harm up people with bears to death. Harmless awesome. Yeah. Or the Weeper. I mean, the Weeper's got got uh, a card that gives them plus three attack dice too, right? I don't know. He does, yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally, he does. I knew that. He's a good commander. What's really know. funny with him is when you just YOLO with price of failure and throw your trappers in, it's like, eh, I hit on fives, but eh, they're all going to hit you and I'm going to bring you down with these trappers, so screw it. I've seen uh, Michelle Rumsbums do it with uh, the trappers' ranged attack, and it's like, yeah, I just died to trappers because they shot and they all hit. That really sucked. But uh, anyways, I think I think we can close that out. Um, I guess we can do the shout-out section. Uh I'll shout out the Song of Ice and Fire Guild. We've got a drop coming up pretty soon covering basically this exact topic with some uh, battle reports and some other video content and some written articles. Uh, Definitely be worth checking out, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, Again, for our show, if you haven't already done it, just uh, give us a like and share us out. Tell us, tell your other friends about us. the only way we're really going to get any any bigger and any more viewers and followers is if you help us with that. Um, and then, of course, continuing to support your local game store throughout the pandemic. Um, anything that you can do, if you can afford to make the trip, a lot of them will deliver for you. If you can, it would be better to buy from your local store than uh, going the eBay or the Amazon route if it's at all avoidable. But, uh, by all means, do what's within your budget and what's convenient for you. Do you guys have any shout-outs? I got nothing. No, no. Just make sure we're going to shout out our own show because we're like that. Make sure you you know like and follow the page. Uh, get your friends on board. Tell them to look at it. And our fearless leader will be back next week to do our giveaway for the card sleeves that we had on our page. So it's not too late. Get on over to the page. Get in there for the giveaway, and we'll announce that winner next week.
Okie doke. I'm sure. I'm sure we all we all miss Dave. I'm sure our audience misses good old Dave too. So it'd be really nice to have him back, the, the fearless leader Dave. But uh, with that said, if you guys don't have anything else, I think we can close out. So this is the small council, and it is dismissed.